Hello, 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 and welcome back to the Good Life with Dawn Richards podcast. I am Dawn Richards, your host, and I'm so glad to be back with you again. We are now on episode 45 of the podcast. You know, guys, when I do the podcast, I typically have prayed and I've Definitely ask the Holy Spirit to speak through me and to give you what you need. I don't care what we're talking about. The Holy Spirit knows everything about everything. If Even if it's, you know, us talking about how we're going to do our hair as girlfriends. Do you know the Holy Spirit knows everything about doing hair? He knows everything about everything. So sometimes when I'm sharing, the Holy Spirit just starts to pour out. And um, it does take a, lo- a little longer than it typically might do or might might take for me to go through the scriptures and the points that I want to share. But I trust that even with all of that, that it is a source of encouragement and blessing and enlightenment and fun. You know, God is a God of of fun. He's a he's a good God. You know, he didn't really get serious. Things didn't really get serious until sin came into the picture. That's when things got serious. Before that, you really saw Adam, you know, relaxing, chillaxing, (laughs) enjoying this beautiful creation that God placed him in, getting him in on the scene, letting him have some fun with him and creating and naming the animal's kingdom and and ultimately bringing him this beautiful wife and, you know, just enjoying life. Um and that's that's really where God wants us to be. We we should not be living in upheaval constantly. Yes, we have those times when we have to wage, you know, battles and we have to resist and we've got to be in even more intense. But the cadence of our lives, even when we're dealing with situations and circumstances that are very challenging and downright hard, let's just be real. There should be that place of retreat, that place of joy, that place of exhaling and really just being able to lean in to the goodness of the Lord and knowing that no weapon formed against us shall prosper, knowing that no matter what God has our back, knowing that he is a faithful God, a good father, and that he loves us with a never ending, unfailing love. So I'm excited to be back with you. We're going to jump right back in to our teaching, our series on return on investment. And I want you to go ahead, if you have your Bibles, go ahead and go over to Mark 10. We're going to look at some more scriptures um, just to keep framing our expectations around all that God has promised to us. Because when I'm thinking return on investment and when the Lord spoke to me and said this year would be a year of return on investment like none other, I am taking the mark at the highest level, which is the hundredfold return. Actually, the Bible talks about thousand times more. So there's even a thousandfold return. But God gave Isaac a hundredfold return in the same year. And he was sowing in a land of famine. But he listened to God. He followed what God had to say. He leaned not into his own understanding. He didn't said he didn't stand there and debate with God and say, now, Lord, I hear you telling me that I need to sow in this land. But do you not see that this is a land of famine? What's going to come up out of this ground? Nobody's eating over here. I want to go where I can eat. You know how people get crazy. They think they know more than God. But Isaac obeyed. He said, OK, Lord, if you say this is where I need to be, this is where I'm going to be. And do you know, in the same year, he received a hundred times more. We call that a hundredfold return. And the Bible says it was because God blessed him. And it says it didn't stop there. It says he became very rich 
And then he had haters. <laughs> One translation says he got richer and richer by the day. I'll take some of that, Lord. I'll have some of that richer and richer by the day. Your health gets better by the day. You get finer by the day. Glory to God. Your bank accounts get richer by the day. Your family is more loving and and you're just so in love with each other by the day. Your mind is is sounder and, and you have more wisdom by the day. I think I'll have some of that. What about you? Yeah, that's that's what we're talking about. And that's the standard that I'm clinging to and claiming for my year of return on investment and the years to come. Every year is a year of return on investment. And you know what? It's a year of return on investment, whether you even know it or not, whether you even frame your thoughts to to think in that capacity, because we live. In an existence and in a creation that operates, the Bible tells us in Genesis eight. By seed, time, and harvest. In other words, you sow a seed. Prayerfully, it's a good seed. Prayerfully, it's a God seed. Maybe you say some good words. You speak some words of of life over yourself. And then a little bit of time has to pass. You know, a seed. Then there has to be time. Why? Because the seed has to have time to germinate and grow. But. Where we are right now, God has said, I'm going to accelerate the time. So the normal seed time and harvest cycle is going to accelerate because I want to get it to you now. I want you to enjoy it now. There was some supernatural acceleration on those seeds that Isaac sowed in Genesis 26 in order for him to reap a hundred times more. Amos 3, and I think it's verse 3, talks about how before you can even get all your harvest in from the fields, that no more harvest is going to be coming. And I like to say, in accordance with with Ecclesiastes 3, that I have blessings on every wave. The Bible says you sow because you don't know when your blessing is going to come in. It could be on this wave or it could be on that wave. So you want to always be in the flow of giving. You want to always be in the flow of putting something out. So something will always be coming in. If you're a person that lives with your, your, your fist clenched and you never give or you only give every now and then. And then when you give, it's so small that even if you multiply it a gazillion times, you're not getting much back. No, that's not how we're called to live. We're called to be generous. We're called to be liberal. The Bible says it is possible. See, the world will tell you, girl, you're giving all your money away. You keep giving all your money to that church. You know, you always giving money. You always doing this. You always. Girl, you better stop. You better keep your money. But the Bible says, girl, did you know it's possible for you to give, give, give? And still be blessed dot com. Because that's how God works. See, the stingy, tight, broke, selfish, me, 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 mine only. I got to get mine world. Short game. In and out. And it's, it's over. Nothing. The Bible says, in fact, they go broke. 
And if you think I'm telling a story because I don't get on here to lie, I'm not in a prophet's line. I'm in a prophesying what the word is said. Go check me out in Proverbs 11. It's in the Bible. You can give, give, give and be rich, rich, rich. You can hold on to what you got so tight. A crowbar can't get it out of your hands and go broke. See, we're talking about kingdom living. It's a whole different way of living, thinking, dealing, existing, and flourishing. And the world doesn't know anything about it. You have to have the Holy Spirit to understand and to flow in this type of living. Because it's fear-free. See, when you hold on so tight that nobody and nothing can get it from you, it is all about you. That is a fear-based way of living. That is a poverty way of living. That's a poverty mentality. It's a poverty spirit. It's a fear-based way of living. And it leads to broke.com. On the other hand, When you have an abundant mindset, an overflow mindset, an overflow mentality, a generous spirit, you will always increase. And even if you do hit hard patches, you will rise up and you will continue on your way like it never happened. The effects will be limited and diminishing. If there are any. Because who's your backer? Is your backer the federal loan bank down the street? No. Your backer is God. Remember I said God is the source. The job is a resource. The paycheck is a resource. The mortgage is a resource. The car loan is a resource. Not the best because it's debt, but God can work with you. Glory to God if, if that's where you are. The gift card that you got for your birthday, resource. But where does all the good blessings And the good and heavenly gifts come from. Where do they come from? The Bible tells us it comes from God above, comes from heaven. So see, because God will never be limited. I'm just retracing some things we said last time in case you're just joining. We're never limited. There are no limits. Ephesians 3.20. If you had to pick one verse out of the Bible that screams no limits. You know, there's a rapper, Master P, and he came out years ago with a phrase and a slogan for his life and his family. And he said, it's no limits. And the man has done phenomenal things because he has a mindset of no limits. He has a mindset of helping others. He has a mindset of when I eat, my family's going to eat, my community is going to eat. And he's built all kinds of amazing enterprises and is still going today. Well, I'm very impressed by that. But honey, Master P doesn't have anything on God. (laughs) God is the ultimate no limits. Ephesians 3.20, if there had to be a scripture that I would say represents no limits, 
if you looked up no limits in the dictionary, what would you see? It wouldn't be Master P. It would be Ephesians 3.20. So, see, God has always been on this wavelength. He says anything is possible to those who believe. Anything. 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 Bless the Lord. So Mark 10, let's go to verse 29. If you're with me, I'm reading out of the New Living Translation. Um, so you can listen, you can follow along however you prefer. And here it says in 29, Jesus replied, and he's talking to the disciples. They've been asking him some questions. And right above that, I just said the scripture in 27. Look at there. Jesus looked at them intently and said, humanly speaking, it is impossible. See, there are a lot of things that man will never be able to do. That's why it's not smart. It's just not smart to worship another human being. I don't care who they are. I don't care if they're your pastor. I don't care if they're the president of the United States. I don't care if they're the greatest entertainer that's ever walked, the greatest athlete, your spouse, nobody. You don't worship another human because what? They're human. And whenever you deal with humanity, you're going to always encounter limitations. But not with God. Everything is possible with God. So now if you want to get on train, no limits, then you've got to get with God. If you want to get on train, whatever I can figure out, whatever I can come up with in my dim wits, because they're not, they're not very bright, then sure, go ahead and follow after man. And let man tell you how you're supposed to live and be and do and, you know, no. So back to 29. Jesus said, I assure you that everyone who has given up house or brothers or sisters or mother or father or children or property for my sake and for the good news will receive now. I want to emphasize now. In return, a hundred times over. And then he goes on to tie it back into whatever you've given up. So if you've given up brothers, you're going to re- or houses or property, you're going to get that back a hundred times over. So you're not going to plant a watermelon seed and somehow miraculously, miraculously, excuse me, harvest collard greens. No, if you plant watermelon, you're going to harvest watermelon. So keep that in mind. You reap what you sow. It's just going to be more of it. More of it. More of the good or more of the bad. But we're talking about the good. So here, he says, I assure you, he put his word on it. Everything in here is his word, which is his bond. It's his commitment. It's his covenant with you and me, his people. And he says, you will receive it now. Because a lot of people, another thing we we sometimes do as believers is we put off the blessings of God for in the sweet by and by. Yeah, I know I'm going to be blessed when I get to heaven. I know I'm going to have a mansion when I get to heaven. Honey, you can have a mansion right here. If you're good enough to have one when you get to heaven, you're good good enough to have one here. Uh Uh-huh. (laughs) 
have your blessings. Jesus is talking about now. He says faith is now. Now faith is. And he wanted it to be clear that he was talking about what we could expect now. While we're in the earth. He's got eternity taken care of. He's got that side of it taken care of. But he wants us to be taken care of and and well in the earth. During our earthly sojourn. He says that you're going to get a hundredfold return now in the earth. And eternal life in the world to come. Verse 30. So he's got both sides of eternity covered. He's got your earthly journey. Your earthly walk. And then he's got. Everything that's coming to you in eternity. Glory to God. So I think we can squarely say and safely say the hundredfold return is God's will. We're going to see it again. I'm not even done. It's all through the Bible. You know, the world talks about 11 percent, you know, compound interest or this or that. Honey. They don't have returns like heaven. Heaven talks at hundredfold. Heaven starts off at thirtyfold. That's the floor. You know, sometimes they say, well, the floor might be five percent year over year or ten percent year over year. And hey, it's better than nothing. I'll take it. But I'm also very much interested in what my God has promised me from a supernatural return perspective. His floor is thirty. And you might need to grow until you hit 60. And then you shoot on up to 100. See, there can be progression. But I believe we're in a season where God wants to, again, accelerate. So we graze by 30. We, we, we hit 60. And honey, we're living on 100. We're on 100. You know how that phrase, zero to 100? Well, I believe that God wants to take us from zero to 100. When it comes to returns and harvest in the name of Jesus, that's one time it's great to go from zero to 100. Now, when we're operating in our flesh and our tempers are flaring and all that now. But when it comes to supernatural returns and if you believe in the supernatural, you ought to believe in supernatural harvest. You ought to believe in supernatural returns on investment. If you believe that God raised Jesus from the dead, that's supernatural. You know, typically when a person dies, that's it. In order for them to come back to life after they died, something. So to die is natural, right? To die, to be buried, to disintegrate the end with your spirit going either to heaven or hell. With no return to the earth. That's the natural course of things. God came in and said, oh, I've got something. But you've not that you've not tasted here. Here, try this on. Try this on for size. I've got a resurrection from the dead. That's what supernatural. It's super on top of the natural. So. You believe in the supernatural if you believe in Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior and that God raised him from the dead. That's the only way you can believe in him because you're not believing in a dead God. You're believing in a living God. 
So go ahead and take that same faith and belief in the supernatural and apply it to your everyday life. Apply it to that relationship that seems like it'll never get back on course. Apply it to your job scenario. Apply it to your children and raising your children. Apply it to your health and your physical well-being, your mind, your, your peace of mind. Apply it to your money. Yeah. Because when the money is funny, nothing really is funny. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> so, yes. We're talking about supernatural returns. Glory be to God. Let's go over to 2 Corinthians 9. 2 Corinthians. I'm going to go over there anyway. You can listen along or you can follow with me. In 2 Corinthians 9, I love, love, love the scripture. Once again, we're just framing our expectation about what the word of God has to say about return on investment. So I'm going to start in verse six, and I'm, again, just reading from the New Living Translation. I absolutely also love the Amplified Bible Translation. So if you want to write that down, you may want to go back and read it in the Amplified Translation as well. But here it says, remember this, a farmer who plants only a few seeds will get a small crop. But one who plants generously will get a generous crop. Makes sense, right? You reap what you sow. You must make up your own mind as to how much you should give. Don't give reluctantly or in response to pressure, for God loves the person who gives cheerfully and God will generously provide all you need. Glory be to God. The Amplified Bible says. You sow bountifully and you reap bountifully, you give cheerfully and then God makes all grace. Every favor and every earthly blessing come to you in abundance. He makes it come to you. See, that's the thing about God. We chase God and the blessings chase us. In the world, they chase money. And typically that money runs away from them. You don't want to be chasing money. You don't want to be worshiping money. You don't want to be waking up dreaming about money. Oh, how can I get some money? How can I get some? No, that's not what we're talking about here. We're talking about being in love with a God, a father, a savior. Whose every reason for being is to lavish us and to love us and to bless us and to be good to us. He's got that on his mind so you can just receive. You know, when I was growing up, I have to admit I was blessed and fortunate in the fact that I didn't think about. The things that I enjoyed, I didn't think about how I was going to have heat when the winter came and and how I was going to have AC in the summer when it became hot outside. I didn't think about how I was going to have clothes, the clothes that I wore, nice clothes to school. I didn't think about what it took for me to go to the doctor when I wasn't feeling well, insurance and all those things. I was able to just live. I was able to just take each day as a child and just live and just grow. And then there came a day, there came a day, and it was a far off, it was a little far off because I, I did some study, I had my undergrad studies, and I went to law school, and so, you know, I will say I was blessed with a mom, my father was passed, so I was blessed with a mom who continued to kind of own that financial, 
responsibility longer than most parents would. And finally, the day came when I was responsible for having lights to see and water to drink. I was responsible for having insurance on a car if I wanted to drive. I was responsible for these things. And it was like, oh, Eureka. Oh, my. Okay. Oh, oh. Oh, you actually do have to pay to have lights and heat. And, and, and I mean, I knew that. I'm not being, I, I don't want to sound dense. I knew that, you know, as I was older that, you know, yes, there had to be somebody taking care of those things. But my point being is, as a child, and I know every child doesn't have this luxury, but as a child, I was fortunate to have that, you know, carefree living all the way up until, until, you know, good part of my early adulthood, again, with a lot of support from the parental unit. <laughs> well, God is our parental unit and he's calling us to be of childlike faith. He's calling us to be carefree. He says, I don't want you to get up and worry about what you're going to eat, what you're going to put on, what you're going to wear, you know, all, any of that. He said, look at the birds of the air. Don't I feed them? Are you not much more valuable to me than them? Oh, you of little faith? I will take care of you. And so that's the point I want to drive home here. God is causing the blessings to come to us. We don't have to go out and chase them. We just have to position ourselves to what? Receive them. It's a whole different tone, isn't it? Oh, I got to get up today and I got to go chase the blessing. I got to, if I'm going to be blessed, I got to go get it. No, if you're going to be blessed, if I'm going to be blessed, what are we going to do? We're going to believe. We're going to believe that we're blessed because God's already said we're blessed. You're already blessed. I'm already blessed. Now, we're going to commune with God so we can hear what he has to say. And he may say, okay, you go work over here. I'm going to give you seed. That's Your paycheck is going to be your seed. You're going to work. You're going to earn. But that's not the limits for your life. Your paycheck is not the limit for your life. I have much more for you. So you're going to sow some of that. You're going to tithe. You're going to give. You're going to maybe help others. You're going to save some. You're going to invest some. And all the while, I'm going to be working in the midst. I'm going to bring more and more to you. Be an opportunity. Be people just being good to you for no reason. All kinds of ways. There's no limit to how God can get it to you, honey. He can cause a bird to drop a sack off, and that sack can be stacked. You know, they talk about stacks on stacks on stacks and racks on racks on racks. God knows all about it. He invented the stacks and the racks. <laughs> Glory to God. And if he tells a bird to bring the stacks to your door, guess what's going to happen? That bird is going to bring the stacks to your door. Now, it may not happen like that. However, if he gives you strength in your body and a wise mind to go out and earn a living, and then he multiplies that living. And then you give some more and he multiplies that and you give some more and he multiplies that. It's still supernatural. And it's still good. So he's making the blessing come to us. The Bible says in Psalms 23, goodness and mercy pursues us. It's in hot pursuit of you all the days of your life. Glory to God. 
You just wake up as that innocent child and say, Lord, I thank you today. I believe I receive my return on investment. I believe I received the hundredfold return now, Lord, as you promised in this life, in eternal life in the world to come. And oh, yeah, he did also say over in Mark 10, 29 and 30 that there will be persecutions. Once again, haters. Once again, the enemy's mad. Once again, we don't care. Hey, I'll take a little hating as long as I'm getting my blessings. Because the blessing is greater than anything the haters can try. They can't take it from you. It's not theirs. It's yours. Bless the Lord. So let's go. So we see this. He'll make all grace, every favor and earthly blessing come to you in abundance. So that you may have all sufficiency in all things, requiring no aid or support and furnished in abundance. How are we furnished in abundance? Not scarcity, not barely getting by, not scratching two nickels together. No, we're furnished in abundance for every good work and charitable donation. So see, there's your godly purpose. Not just so you can consume it on your own lust, but there's a higher purpose. Remember, we talked about that. We want to be witnesses. We want to do the work of the kingdom. Bless the Lord. So a lot of good, good. Second Corinthians 9, 6 through 8. Let's now go over to Galatians 6 and 8 and we'll wrap with this and we'll pick up next time with the foundation. I'm excited to get to this foundation that I've been alluding to so Galatians 6 once again I just want you to see that this has always been how God works this has always been a part of life in the earth Genesis 8 taught us that and then we see it all throughout the scripture so Galatians 6 verse 8 says and we'll start in verse 7 actually let's start in verse 7 and I'm reading from the New Living Translation. It says, don't be misled. Remember that you can't ignore God and get away with it. You can't ignore God and get away with it. You will always reap what you sow. Exclamation point. Those who live only to satisfy their own sinful desires will harvest the consequences of decay and death. So once again. If that's what you want, that's what you're going to get. Decay and death. But those who live to please the spirit will harvest everlasting life from the spirit. So don't get tired of doing what is good. This is verse nine. Don't give don't get discouraged and give up for we will reap a harvest of blessing at the appropriate time. So once again, we see. that God has set it up where. We reap what we sow. We're in control of the seeds that we sow. We're in control of the words we say. We're in control of the thoughts we think. We're in control of the things we do. We're in control of the actions we take or don't take. We're in control of the relationships we have or don't have or choose not to have because they're not good for us. See, sometimes undoing is as powerful as doing. Sometimes you've got to undo some things so you can position yourself 
to receive the next level, to go to the next level without the dead weight. So meditate on that. And I do pray once again that you've been blessed by this podcast. I pray that you continue to listen, be liberal with it, share, download, comment, like all the things. Um, And until we're together again, continue to live intentionally and continue to embrace the good life in Christ Jesus. God bless you.